T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Joining us now, Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega. Coach L, good evening and how are you tonight? Hi, Joe. I'm doing good, and you didn't even mention uh, DJ's 20 points. Yeah, uh, that's right. I left that out. I'm sorry. We, DJ had a huge <laughs> night. And your, six, your, uh, your win, uh, also another milestone for you as well. Yeah, they, they uh, had it in the uh, game notes that uh, I was one win away from 650, and the, the players delivered that great ACC Big Ten challenge win over Illinois on the road in front of a packed house and our guys just rose to the occasion Joe they they played great I I don't ever remember uh getting ahead by 27 in the first half of any game since I've been here I know we won by 27 a couple of times but never in the first half yeah that was a uh, a remarkable start uh, 650 career wins, 180 of those at the University of Miami. So uh, congratulations on that as well. I want to talk to you about the ACC Big Ten Challenge game against Illinois, but I do want to mention the 650 wins. And uh, I know that you say, uh, and we talked about it in the locker room the other night, you said to me, well, that means I've been around a long time. But winning is hard, Coach. And winning 650, yeah. it, winning one is hard. You've won 650, and that means you're a pretty darn good coach. Well, thanks, Joe, and, and I, I appreciate it, uh, the kind words and the nice comments. I, I heard from a lot of former players about it. But I also want to mention, Joe, that you and I had a conversation, and I want to congratulate you on your honor because <laughs> you are now uh, an honorary de- – you have an honorary degree from the University of Miami bestowed on you. <laughs> By our president, uh, President Julio Frank. Isn't that right? I do, yes. Yes, I do. Yep, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Thank you. I've been smiling from ear to ear for... How many How many uh, people have ever been honored that way, Joe? Who was the last one before you? Uh, I think there have been 50, and it might have been uh, A-Rod or Chuck Todd. I think, I think there are 50. I, I heard Alex Rodriguez is one of those in that category, right? He is. Yes, he is. Alex Rodriguez is one. Yep. And Chuck Todd from, uh, you know, NBC, the Meet the Press. He's an honorary. Uh, oh, alum. that yeah. guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, he so, got ripped the other day. I think President Trump went after him. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, a lot of great ACC games. Did you see the ones last night? I did watch Louisville. And then uh, Duke got in front of Michigan State. Michigan State made a little run, but it didn't seem like Michigan State could ever get into the flow of that game. What, what did you think? Well, what I thought, and, and obviously concerns me because it's an area we have to improve, I was so impressed with Louisville's defense and Duke's defense. Yeah, I mean, at Louisville – Michigan just could not score against them. They they didn't score fifty points. No, uh, and Michigan and had, Duke. 
Duke went after uh, Michigan State, and they had a double-digit lead almost right from the very beginning of the game. Their defense, both those teams, put them in a very special category this season. You know, I, Virginia's got is at Purdue tonight. I'm going to be very anxious to watch that and see if if Virginia's defense uh, is good enough to win on the road against a quality opponent like Purdue. Yeah, um, Indiana beat Florida State. Uh, Syracuse got yeah, beat. great game. Both yeah. those teams are terrific. Right. I, I, I watched both the those the you know I I thought Florida State showed how quick and athletic and big they are. But Indiana's guards, heck, they only had one turnover in the first half. Those guys were really good. And you mentioned uh, Virginia-Purdue tonight in North Carolina and Ohio State. That should be a a heck of a game. Those are two top ten teams. And, you know, I I always thought the home court was a a real advantage. But uh, I'm really proud of our team's. We, we won at Illinois. Uh, we won the last time we were on the road. We won at Minnesota. And the time before that, we won at Nebraska. So we've actually won three straight uh, road games when we had to play on the road in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And my hat's off to those other teams that have won on the road. Iowa went into Syracuse last night, and they won by double digits. You know, it's funny you mentioned, though, the games that you, we've won, or you've won in the ACC Big Ten Challenge on the road, and uh, the common denominator, the, the, the environments have been terrific. Nebraska was a couple years ago. Uh, Illinois was uh, last night. Minnesota, uh, two years ago, that place, uh, the barn, that, that place was deafening. And uh, Illinois the other night, uh, game was at 6 o'clock Illinois time, about – 5:45. There were a lot of empty seats, and all of a sudden, at six o'clock, it was a sea of orange, and they were they were ready to cheer for something. And then you jumped out to that big lead and really uh, took the momentum right away from took their breath away. Well, Joe, you you were at the uh, team meeting the night before when we described to our players what our game plan was, and we told our players that Illinois is one of the terrific pressure teams. And they have a huge big guy inside in Kofi Coburn. And that for us to really attack them with our offense, that our guards had to do a terrific job of keeping their dribble alive and drive to the basket. And if it's not there, bring it back out. What we call Steve Nash. What Steve Nash used to do as an NBA player of the year He'd drive into the lane, and if he didn't have a layup or a kickout pass, he would just keep his dribble alive and dribble the ball back out. And you saw Chris Likes, who had uh, tied his career high. He had one of the, the great games of just attacking the defense. He didn't worry about dribbling too much. Uh, he was given the direction, hey, keep your dribble alive, and that's what he did. And he made those guards from Illinois. He really challenged them. D.J. Vasilovich did the same. So did Cam Mcgusty. I thought our two freshmen in limited minutes did well. So uh, we executed the game plan about as well as we possibly could in the first 20 minutes, and that's what allowed us to get ahead by 27. But Illinois is a very, very good team. They're, they're uh, 
great at home, and uh, they made a great comeback. And how about Chris Likes taking the charge on the game-winning possession? Yeah, that was a heck of a play, and I wasn't sure when the whistle blew which way it was going to go. Earlier in the game, there was a little uh, back and forth, but it seemed like uh, the officials did a pretty good job for, for most of the game. They were Big Ten officials, so to get that call with 2.7 seconds to go, uh, and Chris hanging right in there because those guards were big and physical. They were, and that one of the officials uh, who did our game uh, in Illinois also did the game last night, uh, Duke-Michigan State, and I don't know if you saw that game, but in the very first, oh, I'll say before the first timeout, um, Ty Jones went in for a layup, and a player from Michigan State fell down in the arc, and Ty Jones made the layup and then landed on him. And the official, I think, called correctly a block, even though Ty Jones stepped on the young man when he landed coming down from his layup making. And uh, Tom Izzo went crazy thinking there's no way that should be called a foul, but the rule is you have to allow a player to land, whether it's a layup, or a jump shot. Once the player goes airborne, you cannot get underneath them. I think it was uh, in your game, Io DeSumo, who had the ball at the end of the game, and uh, he was the one that uh, was called for the charge against Chris. And you mentioned the game plan, and I thought uh, your guys did do it perfectly. Uh, there were so many big shots in that game, and there were times where either Chris or DJ dribbled in, in underneath the basket and then came right back the other way. And I said at one point th- they had the Illinois guards talking to themselves. Uh, they were driving him crazy, so much so that Brad Underwood used all his timeouts in the first half. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've never seen that before, <laughs> but I think Brad saw something he didn't like each time. Yeah, the, he, the, the, the interesting thing, Joe, about game plans – and as I said, we really executed the game plan in the first half. But putting together a game plan is easier than executing a game plan <laughs> because the opponent has something to do with that. And even though our guys were fantastic in the first half, Illinois was up to the challenge in the second half. They changed. They did a much better job, and we weren't quite as good. It wasn't like we were bad. We just weren't as sharp defensively. They scored 48 points on us in the second half. So our challenge right now, Joe, and you know this because you sit in on those pregame talks, we have to improve defensively and we have to become a better defensive rebounding team. Yeah. Um, uh, And and the guys the other night uh, in the first half, now I thought they fought pretty hard defensively. This kid, uh, Kofi Coburn, he was a handful, seven feet tall. He had hands like uh, manhole covers, uh, skyscraper, 23 points. He was – but you did enough on him in the first half to uh, to rattle him, and he, and he turned the ball over. Well, we doubled him, and it's one of the things that I like so much about Sam Wardenberg's defense. Sam is able to guard his man pretty effectively – He's able to help his teammates, like on ball screens. He does a very nice job there. He defensive rebounds pretty well. And the thing we've added this year is something Sam has gotten really good at, and that is double-teaming a really good low-post scorer. 
And Kofi is a handful for anyone. We sent Sam to help Rodney and Keith Stone, and he doubled them up. And Kofi made some mistakes in the first half. Now, again, they made some adjustments, and we were not able to double him some because Sam is really the only one that does it effectively. So anytime Sam went out of the game, we didn't double Kofi. We left it up to either Keith or Rodney Miller to guard him one-on-one, and that's where Kofi did most of his damage, either there in the post or on the offensive boards. One of the uh, uh, big things in the game the other night, along with Chris scoring all those points, and I don't know if he's done this at all uh, in his career, he he did not have a turnover. No oh, tur- I didn't even realize that. Yeah, no turnovers. It's one of the things, you know, sometimes, and, and, and I'm going to try to explain this to you and our listeners. Players, when we recruit them, they play a certain way. And then when you get them, you kind of want them to adapt to your system. We need you to do this. Even though it might not be something they've worked on in high school, and maybe they're not even that good at it, all right? So in, in Chris Likes, if I asked you what position does he play, what would your answer be? Point guard. Yet if I asked you to define what a point guard does, what would be the, the comparison to a football position? Quarterback. Yeah, and in football, quarterbacks – distribute the ball they hand it off they might run some but they pass the ball in basketball the the definition of a point guard is pretty much the same thing we want you to pass we want you to run the team we want you to be a uh orchestrator we want you to be the maestro but in chris likes case the best thing he does is he makes problems for the defense just by scoring, getting in the paint, pulling up and hitting a 15-footer, hitting a three. He's going to get some assists uh, naturally, but he is a much more natural scorer, almost like a two-guard. But because he has the ball in his hands, he is a tough customer to guard one-on-one, and he almost forces all defenses to give him special attention. He, he he had four steals the other night, uh, two assists, no turnovers, twenty eight points. Why do you think that? It seems to me in every game, the first four to six minutes in every game, the guy that and I, you probably encourage us a little bit, but the guy that he's pestering and badgering in every game, the his opponent tries to swat him away. Ultimately, they throw an elbow or a shoulder, and they get called for a foul. Yeah. Um, and I have a great deal of experience with this as a player. When I was in high school, Joe, I was a four-five man. I'm six foot five, and I played in the front court against a lot of guys that were taller than me. Yet when I got to college, my first few years, I played the point guard position, and I was often defended by guys five ten to six feet. And because of my size and because of where my elbow would be, I would often find myself annoyed by those little guys (laughs) who were harassing me. 
And so I would push them off. I'd elbow them. And, and that's really what makes Chris likes a nuisance on defense because guys don't want to have to play against someone who is five foot seven and jet quick and strong and has great anticipation. So they're constantly pushing him off. I will say this though, Joe, it's a real challenge for referees to officiate Chris. Because when you're that big, when you're that small in his category, guarding guys who are much bigger and heavier, when he gets bumped, oftentimes he'll end up on the ground. <laughs> and the referee has to decide, is he flopping, is he faking, or is it really a charge? Not easy to determine. Yeah. I'll tell you the other thing is, uh, the other night it was kind of funny also, he can dribble the ball really, really low. And uh, I don't know the defenders can. They, they really got to bend their knees and everything else sometimes to get down there and try to swat the ball away or poke and jab. Because he can, he can, if he wants to, he, he can make him smell himself even smaller. Well, one of the things when, you, when we talk about uh, keeping your dribble alive and really being an attacker – being in attack mode the whole time, Chris drives in there and there's so much traffic that the best way for him to defeat that defense is keep the dribble really, really low. Otherwise, they might knock the ball out of his hands. All right, we're going to take, we'll, we'll take a break. We're going to continue with University of Miami head coach Jim Larinaga. We'll do that. We'll talk more Hurricanes basketball as we continue on the show right after this. This is Hurricane Hotline on AM 560 and 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com. Now, back to Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Kings, Joe Zagacki. Right side, through the line extended, it's McGusty. Two white jerseys are there. McGusty along the baseline, drives in, a reverse layup is good, and he's fouled! Cam Augusti earns an extra shot. What a play by Augusti. He shows some power and strength. All right, welcome back to the show. As we continue on with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega, Cam Augusti, coach, 6 for 13. How is he coming along for you? Oh, I thought that uh, play that, that uh, he scored in the three-point play yep. that you yep. just uh, had our, our audience listen to was one of the top three or four plays of the day. Uh we ran a play. That play was actually for DJ Vasilovich to get a three. But uh, Illinois did a great job of shutting DJ down, and Cam took it on his own on the baseline. Reverse layup, took the hit, still scored the bucket. So he's doing very well. I think he's getting more and more confident, more and more comfortable, not, not only with our system, but with his teammates. And I think that's huge. I think when your teammates have confidence in you, it gives you more confidence in yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also well, – you brought up an interesting point. You call the play, you draw it up, uh, the other team defends it. Uh, at that point, I think sometimes uh, outsiders feel like, well, gee, the coach called a play. It's got to go exactly the way he drew it up. But players make plays. Players have got to make plays, right? Well, we ran that play earlier in the game – and D.J. Vasilovich got wide open and made the three. Right. 
So we wanted to run it late in the game, hoping that we'd get the same results. The only thing is we can't control what the other team is thinking and how they might defend it. The first time, the guy defending DJ ran right into the screen. DJ got open. The second time, they switched it, and the guy who switched on to DJ denied him the the ball. So Cam made the decision, okay, I'm just going to attack. You remember, Joe, we said, don't pick up your dribble. Keep your dribble alive until you know if you're going to pass. And so Cam did the right thing. He kept his dribble alive. He looked for DJ, not there. Okay, I'm going to continue to attack. Had Cam picked up his dribble, he would have been stuck on the baseline with no one to pass to. So he made a number of very fine decisions. He didn't force the pass to DJ. He kept his dribble alive, and then he attacked the defense and and not only scored but also drew the foul. Keith Stone made his debut the other night. He played 15 minutes. He had three rebounds, but I thought when the ball found him, he brought a calming influence. Almost, you know, some guys you say is a glue player, but I just thought his presence on the floor helped your team very much. No question, Joe. Uh, Keith Stone, a local product, uh, lives here in, in, in South Florida, 6'9", 250 pounds, Played at Florida, transferred in. He's a fifth-year senior, 23 years old. A wonderful personality. Fits in beautifully with his teammates. And when Dang Gak went down, we played those three games in four days. Dang Gak, for those of our fans who don't know, he's done for the season. He's got an injury. He's going to have to have surgery soon. And he's done. To have Keith Stone available to us now, um, is is a big, big help, and we're lucky to have him. Yeah, I thought uh, he's going to give you some strength and uh, uh, power and uh, rebounding and all that. So now uh, the team doesn't play until next Saturday. You're in exams. What happens during this time uh, of the year? Well, we took yesterday and today off so the kids could study and get their papers done and, and – and, uh, be working towards getting good grades this semester. We'll start practice uh, tomorrow. We'll practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when it doesn't interfere with anything academically. We'll take Sunday off, and then we'll start back our regular uh, practices the following week. We'll practice Monday, Tuesday, take Wednesday off, practice Thursday, Friday, and play Saturday. You got a couple of big, still a couple of big nine conference games coming up. Uh, Alabama A is coming in next week, and then uh, we're going to go back to New York uh, to Brooklyn and play Temple uh, in two weeks. That'll be a big night. Temple is playing so Great. well, uh, and they're you know from Philadelphia, so they'll have a nice uh, group of fans just driving up I ninety five in the New Jersey Turnpike uh, to get to Brooklyn. And hopefully, you know, the great crowds we've had, we've drawn with all our Miami fans in New York City, hopefully they'll turn out to support the Hurricanes. But that's going to be one heck of a game at the Barclays Center. I want to go back to your uh, 650 wins for a minute. In that, uh, in your career, you've had some big wins. You you had a a former player the other night from uh, when you were at Bowling Green. And you told a story 
that you beat Michigan State. You beat them at Michigan State, then they came to your place, and you beat them again. And along the way, uh, I think it was either Bowling Green or, or George Mason, you beat Kentucky. And, of course, at George Mason, you made the great run in the Final Four. So those are great wins. Uh, any of those, or what stands out for you along the way with, with some of those victories? Um, I have so many great memories of the players that I coached. But here, here's one. You mentioned uh, we beat Kentucky in Rupp Arena. And what I remember so much about that was Kentucky had like four, three or four NBA players in their starting lineup. And um, we were a very small team at Bowling Green. Our two guards were like 5'10". Our two forwards were like 6'5", and our center was 6'6". And, and um, we went to Rupp Arena, and my son Jay was with us. Jay is, Jay is now an assistant with the Boston Celtics, but back then he was like 10 years old. And we were going going to the to the Rupp Arena, and he asked me, "Dad, do we have any chance of beating these guys?" <laughs> and and I said to him, "You have to play really well to beat good teams, and we're going to have to play really well tonight if if we're going to beat Kentucky at Kentucky. They are certainly the odds-on favorite, but you don't win on paper." You, you win on the court by how you execute. That night, these small little guys, we spread the floor out, and all those big guys at Kentucky had a very hard time guarding us. We beat them 56-54, to 54, and it was probably one of the greatest wins in Bowling Green history. <laughs> but two years later, we're playing the Big Ten champions. And they have Steve Smith, Michigan State. They've got four NBA players in their starting lineup. Uh, Steve Smith, a kid named Matt Stengenga, uh, Mike Poplowski, and Dwayne Stevens. They all drafted. Steve Smith was the Big Ten Player of the Year and the fifth player chosen in the draft. He's a six-eight point guard. And Kirk Whiteman, who was with us at dinner in Illinois, Kirk is about 5'11", 6 feet. And he had a guard, Steve Smith. And we beat him at, at the Breslin Center, 81-79. And then the next year, we beat him at Bowling Green, like 95-82. to 82. <laughs> So, games, you never know. You see what Stephen F. Austin did last week? Yeah, they beat Duke. We, we played Stephen F. Austin last year. Do you know what our score with Stephen F. Austin was? Uh, I think we beat him by about 30. 96 to 58. Yeah. 38 points. The next year they beat Duke at Duke when Duke is number one in the country. Yeah, college it's at, crazy. Yeah, college. Players don't play the same way every night. They don't play the same way every half. <laughs> Things change. Like the other night, one of the concerns I had at halftime was foul trouble. Chris Likes picked up his second foul when he got the technical. Then in start the second half, he picked up his third, and we had to take him out. So the game is a long game, and anything can happen. Well, you've had uh, some great wins during 650. What I've learned from you is that you just find a way. There's, there's a way. There's a plan. You gotta find, hope is not a plan, but uh, finding a way is a plan. And uh, you, you have found uh, different ways to win at different places. Well, I think 
the expression I've used with the players a lot, and my coaches use it often too. Chris Caputo, Bill Courtney, and and Adam Fisher have worked with me a very long time. You know, Chris has been with me 18 years. <laughs> Coach Courtney, Bill Courtney, this is his 10th year of working with me. Uh, a year at Bowling Green, eight years at George Mason, and now this year at Miami. And then Adam Fisher uh, is seven years with me. And the expression we talk to the guys is figure it out. It doesn't matter. Get better. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is during the game, you got to kind of figure what's working and what isn't working while you're out there. And then if mistakes are made, if you, you, you lose a game like we did to UConn in Florida, we lose by 20. The next day in practice is, hey, no excuses. It doesn't matter what happened in those games. We've got to get better. Figure it out. And then we showed them the stats. When our players saw the stats that Illinois was the number one rebounding team in the country, and we were 333, they were like, oh, man, they're going to kill us on the boards. And yet we won the first half the rebound battle. Yes, you did, yep. Won the uh, first half battle and won the war as well. All right, Coach, thanks for joining us tonight. Congratulations on 650, 180 of those at Miami. And uh, so I'm proud to have uh, 180 with you. At any rate, um, uh, I'll see you next week. And thanks for joining us here tonight. And congrats again. All right. Thanks, Joe. And congratulations to you on on, uh, being an honorary uh, graduate of the University of Miami. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. All right. That's uh, University of Miami head coach Jim Jim Laranega. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 